The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show today and the conversation. I am really excited to delve into this material today. You guys are going to (laughs) flip. I mean, the book that I've been reading has just been kind of blowing my head wide open. And I think it's going to do the same for you. So if you're like me and you're interested in metaphysical things, life after death, what happens when we die, you're going to just love the conversation today and my guest. So what does happen, right? I mean, you can talk to people and they say, well, that's it. You just, you know, take the dirt nap and your life is over and that's it. There's other people that say, well, you go to heaven and you see God and all this other stuff. I mean, everybody has their, their theory, right, of what happens. So we're going to explore some of that today, and I'm, I'm really excited to delve into this. You know, what happens at the end? Do we just, the light goes off, or do we go on to another consciousness? And the other thing, is it possible to communicate or visit with our loved ones who have passed on? Well, you'll say, maybe if you're a medium and you have that special gift, you can do that. Well, my guest today is going to give us some new ideas on this. Christina Rasmussen isn't a psychic or a medium. She's an author and grief educator who set out on a personal journey to try to answer some of these big questions. And in her new book, Where Did You Go? A Life-Changing Journey to Connect with Those We Have Lost, she reveals that we can reconnect with our lost loved ones while accessing a timeless consciousness that can profoundly change our lives in the here and now. This is just fascinating stuff. So I'm really happy to welcome Christina to the show today. So thanks for joining me. Hi, Diane. I am so excited to be here. If you could see me, I'm sitting here smiling. So happy to be with you today. (laughs) Well, it's nice to reconnect with you. I had read your first book, and in Christina's first book called Second Firsts, She shared her personal story of rebuilding her life after the death of her husband, becoming a widow at the age of 35. And, you know, a lot's happened since second first. And then what's going on in this book now? I mean, when I when I tell you listeners out there, this is a totally different take on some of this material. I I mean it. I mean, this is really amazing stuff. So I just wanted to find out, you know, what what's been going on your journey since second first came out to the material that you're exploring now in this book? Yeah, great question, Diane. I wrote second first and created a life reentry model to help people rebuild, reinvent themselves, um, get back on their feet after loss and, and find themselves outside of what I coined the waiting room. Um, and, and I did it really well. We've helped thousands of people with that book, with the work. Actually, the book is coming back out again um, in May, being re-released um, as a brand new book. So it's extraordinary. It is fascinating. It's amazing. And as I was living my own life, Diane, and I, as I was exploring and evolving in my own journey, I started um, being able to answer the question that I wasn't able to answer before, which was, where did my husband go after he died? How could someone so young, so alive to be here one day and gone tomorrow? 
and I have to be honest and say that in the beginning of this journey, when he did pass, I was actually so afraid of this world, in the world of the beyond, um, that Diane, I, I slept with the lights on after he passed for months. I was afraid of any noise, any light flickering. Um, I was terrified. And as a matter of fact, um, before he passed, he was, of course, uh, dying of colon cancer. So we, we had a lot of conversations about his passing. And one of them was really funny. And I remember telling him, don't you dare scare me. <laughs> you know, after No hauntings, right? Had, no haunting, no light changing, <laughs> not, uh, he didn't, obviously he didn't listen. Um, don't do any of these things because I really can't imagine, I would be so scared. And I was. So if you had told me then that I was going to take on this journey, I would have laughed and I would have said, no way, uh, no way I'm going there. I can't even watch movies that are scary. Like it's impossible. However, as soon as I stepped into that world and entered the field of science, and physics and quantum mechanics specifically, a very different world started to reveal itself. One that blew me away, Diane. I could not believe it. And the number one thing I'm going to start by saying is that it was not scary. It was not dark. It was not um, terrifying to me. It, it was beautiful and extraordinary and wise. And, and it started to change not only the way I thought about grief and the way I thought about losing him, but the way I lived my life. It's so amazing. I mean, I remember at the time I was with my mother when she passed and she had colon cancer as well, although, you know, wow. older than, than 35. And I was there right at the moment when she passed. And I remember because I've read so many books about life after death and, and what happens and near-death experiences and things like that. So the first thing I did was I looked up because I had read of people that had had near-death experiences that were able to look down on their bodies, right? And so I was looking up at that moment that she actually left her body. And I thought, you know, are you seeing me looking for you? You know, where are you actually going? And what you describe in the book, you actually bring us into that world where they're actually going is is another consciousness. And, and one yeah. of the things that you were able to do so well in this book is explain as you delve into to some of the science, um, you know, you take us on a, a journey of string theory and quantum physics and, and theories of alternate universes. And it's just so fascinating. But I mean, your background wasn't really a scientific background, right? So I mean, going into these worlds must have just been so unbelievable. Yeah, and actually, uh, Diane, when I when I wrote second first, I delved into brain science. And I remember at the time thinking to myself, I'm not a brain scientist, they're gonna come after me <laughs> and tell me I got it all wrong. But I love being a student, I love learning. And, and when you're not a scientist, um, you're able, able actually to understand things in a different way than scientists do and articulate, articulate it back and describe it to the world. Um, so when I started walking into this field, at first I had to read things once, twice, three times, four times to understand it. And then I had to read it in multiple books, Diane. <laughs> Not just one author's versions, but multiple authors' ways of explaining it. And um, I have to say that, as you described as well, when my husband died, I looked up 
I was expecting I was going to see something leave his body, right? I, and I saw nothing. I saw the, the horrible lights in the ceiling. There was nothing that I saw. But what I learned um, with this journey is that it's not that we go up, but we expand around. It, it is we expand out. We, we take over the whole space, the energy. Um, I have so much to tell you today, but I want to start by saying that entering the world of the invisible, of the beyond, of what we cannot see as an image, I had to find a way to cheat the brain. I had to find a way to lie to the brain um, that we're not going anywhere else, not to be afraid, and to believe that where we're going is even more real than what where we are right now. Right. And that's such an interesting part of the book that you mentioned, you know, right from the beginning is that what what we're trying to do in moving through this material and the exercises is essentially kind of uh, tricking our brain, <laughs> I guess, <laughs> to, to let go of the realities that we're faced with every day. Like I'm sitting in my chair right now, I'm holding a pen, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm feeling, you know, knocking this hard wood on my desk. But if you really want to get down to the small, small of what everything is made of, it is all waves and particles, right? It's things moving and, and vibrating at such a high speed that it's not, it's not solid, like like we're thinking no. how it is. So you have to kind of take your brain out of that, right? And Diane, even just that concept they just shared, like just that, to know that, for people to know this. It's all about, for me, it was also about educating people. First, educate them and tell them, here are some of the basics that we know. Here's what scientists and physicists have discovered. And then I want you to have your own experience as well, because we've come far in our discoveries. We really have, but not in our experiences. And unless someone experienced something with their own uh, brain, consciousness, self, I can write 10 incredible books but it will not actually truly change their life long term. Right. It has to be experienced. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. That's so true. And you, you kind of challenge the reader too. And I thought about this to think about incidents in your life or experiences that you've had that are kind of unexplainable. Like, you know, we've all had the deja vu experience where you get that feeling of, I've lived this before. I've done this. I've said these words before. How, how can that be? And then maybe it would, it had already happened in another dimension or another alternate universe. And then your just brain goes spinning off, you know? And then I've had another experience where I was in a meditation with a group with other people. And at one point towards the end of the meditation, I felt myself get up and walk out of the room. Like I saw I was walking out of the room, but I was still sitting down like I, I was doing it, but I hadn't done it yet. And it's like, it sounds crazy, but I was seeing myself doing it when I hadn't done that before. And then I had another experience where I was just kind of, you know, playing with meditation and, and trying to really get myself into a meditative state. And I actually felt myself started to come out of my body, but I got scared and I stopped it. And I didn't meditate people, for a long time after that. get scared and they stop themselves just like that. Yeah. Yeah, and but because I, I had, I mean, I had no idea at the time what I was really doing. I just thought, oh, this will be cool. I'll meditate, <laughs> and then you know, so I, there were those kind of experiences. So I was filtering those through the material that you were explaining in the book, yes. 
And it just all kind of connects the dots. It makes sense that there is an alternate something else. There is another world that we can't see. We cannot see. And, and the thing is, um, we're, in a way, we're not supposed to. You know, I, I've had dreams um, as I was writing this book. And uh, it's almost like this, some of these dreams have given me information. Um, and one of the dreams that I, I had was that this this person in my dream came and told me, even though we can see beyond this dimension and we can experience it, we will never, as, the fact that we are in this body, in this experience, we will never be able to see beyond this dimension as well as we see this one while we're here. So, and that's why, and it's supposed to be like this. That's what I was told. It was supposed to, we are supposed to believe in this reality more than the other. We're supposed to experience this life in this reality more than the other. However, everything that I now know and believe is that this reality is truly just an illusion. And I know it's scary to think about it like this, to, to know, to, to, to think about the holographic principle, by the way, anyone who can Google the holographic principle, the holographic universe and find out anything. They don't even have to buy my book. <laughs> they can just go online and, and discover things. But this is a projection. This is an image. So when someone dies from here, and I, I want to really explain this really well so people can not only understand it, but I, I, I want them to not forget it. Because once you remember this, you see death very differently. There's a, a very well-known physicist that uh, is called Robert Lanza who said, um, he didn't say it exactly like this, but this is the message of God. When we die in, in our lives, we only die in the reality of the people we love, right? So my husband died in my reality and not in his. He continued. Right. That but makes sense. in my sense. reality, yeah, in this, in this three-dimensional three world, his hologram, because this is a projection of an image that the, the brain, the eyes convert light into an image, he is no longer projecting an image here. So we can't see him. Just like the people that are listening today, the people you've lost, the only reason why we cannot see them in this way is because their hologram is not here. But that does not mean that they are not they don't exist in an outside of this third dimension, outside of time and space. This is a very linear cause and effect experience that we're having here. And when we're no longer in this, um, we can't see them <laughs> in the way that right. we're supposed to, but it doesn't mean that they're not there. And you also have to change your way of thinking of what you or I really is. And I'm, I'm a big fan of Ram Dass. I don't know if you've read any of Ram Dass yes, yes, uh, material, yes. but he describes an experience he had where, well, granted, he was on LSD at the time, but, but the way he explained it was <laughs> not, yeah, not saying that you have to do this to have that experience. But what kind of connected with me when I was reading your book was a story I had read that he shared of he was in his in his reality here feeling he was losing his body like he looked down and his body was disappearing his legs you know his body and he's like well i guess i really don't need my body and then he thought well who's minding the store he had that thought and that thought was really himself like well i'm here me not as a physical carbon-based being you know like me is really not my my physical meat suit that i'm no. wearing it's not 
I, and if that true. makes sense. And, and <laughs> it does. And, and, and Diane, and, and this is, and of course, we are all human. We're supposed to have this experience. Nobody can ever know 100% for sure. But here's what I know nearly 100% for sure and what I believe from everything. We, and here's the, here's the part that really makes me sad, that if, if, the, if it's true that we never really die, isn't it really sad that everyone is grieving so deeply that the people they've lost are gone forever? It's just right. devastating. To, to, imagine if we don't have to feel like this. All that pain. And they're so worried, you know, where, where are they gone? Where have they gone? I mean, I would hear people call, you know, radio shows, and I've worked with a lot of people that are mediums, and so many people in pain will call them and say, I want to know that my loved one's okay. Are they okay? Because they're afraid of these ideas of hell and persecution and all of that, you know, fairy tales that we're told. So what you're saying is is so true and, and so comforting that to know that they're in this another consciousness that just we can't understand because we're in this reality, that they're not and, in pain. Also, they're... No, they are actually, and the experiences people are having with the book, um, because for me, I said, I can't convince you. I can tell you, uh, you know, what I've learned, what I've discovered, the, the science, the facts, what I think is true. But ultimately, if you don't experience your beloved, if you don't experience their consciousness, and, 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 and interact with them and let them tell you, ultimately, we don't believe. Even if we go to a medium or a psychic who, who will tell us things, we can believe in that moment, but then later on the, the brain, I call it the, the fear center, the survivor self, I call it the survivor self, will tell us that it, that it, it was not real, that we, we doubt ourselves. So we have to have an experience. So when people are reconnecting with with the consciousness of the, of the person they've lost and they're being told things and communicated things, the one thing that they experience, Diane, every single person is joy, peace, and calm and a, and a feeling of knowing. They come back with tears in their eyes that they've had the most extraordinary experience. It's like... Oh, it's so the, amazing. The accounts, that we ha- the accounts that we have, we have a... For anyone who's reading the book, we have a private, closed Facebook group free for everyone called Where Did You Go on Facebook? And the accounts of people who are sharing their journey actually resemble near-death experiences. Well, I hope everybody goes and and, and checks that out. I mean, definitely go to the Facebook page. I'm I'm going to do yeah. that this afternoon yeah, for please. sure. Yeah. And and I want to drive people to your website too, Christina Rasmussen. It's R A S M U S S E N, where you offer a six week temple masterclass. We'll yeah. we'll talk a little bit about about that too that people can participate in. So yeah. the the world that that we're describing or or the consciousness you call it the temple world. And I remember um, working with, with Dr. Wayne Dyer for a lot of years on his show, and he would call it source. And he would say, well, we, we go back to source where we come from. You know, we, we were simply going back to the space where we kind of originated from. And w- would you describe that a, a, in a similar way, what, what yeah. we're calling or what you're calling in the book, the temple world? And I'm smiling. I just want to say I'm smiling here that you brought up Wayne Dyer. Um, <laughs> I never met him. I, actually, he shared my he shared my work, and we never met in person. But he's, I mean, I think about him still. Um, so 
so the temple world is where is exactly as uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer said. It is the source. It is where we we come from and where we're going. It's also where creation is. So I I often say to people, I went to find out about death, and I discovered life. I discovered joy and bliss. And all the all the media out there, movies, even some psychics, uh, not all, uh, you know, describe like they talk about spirits that are stuck and all these like darkness. None of that. <laughs> None of that. It is, it is a beautiful world. Just like when people have near-death experience and they say they don't want to come back. It is, it is that joyful. It is, I called it the, the temple journey. Actually, the name that it had in the beginning of, of uh, the book writing was Beyond Reentry. Because my, my first work was the life entry and this was Beyond Reentry. And as I was journeying in with a group of 50 students, um, it became clear, more clear, clear that the world, the word was temple, the temple world. And um, I didn't know why. Um, actually, this was not a scientifically driven decision. It was a message that I was given uh, when I was turning, and I wanted to trust that. And I said, yes, it, it's not what I would have chosen, but this is what I'm given to use. So it is a temple world. There's actually an actual temple actually inside the journey um, that um, once you arrive in that place, you are able to uh, observe um, the reality that you choose to have here. And it's the temple of the multiverse. Um, the multiverse is the infinite versions of yourself and the infinite versions of your life. You see, there's so much potentiality, Diane. And there's so many miracles are waiting for us. And and I'm I'm. Um, some people might say, "Are oh, you just trying to make people feel better? Uh, this is just a feel-good book." It's not like that. Actually, as I was telling you, Diane, before we started this conversation, I didn't want to write the book. Because my other work is doing so great, I didn't, I didn't, I could have just gone down that path and continued on that. And I am. And there's a different part of the, of life after loss that life reentry helps. But this is a spiritual experience. That the practical, logical, habitual changes that we bring in our life cannot tackle the healing that is required from our soul. It is not possible. It is a very different experience that is needed for us to heal deeply. And this is why I wrote this book. Well, I'm loving the book. I mean, I'm, I haven't tried any of the exercises yet, but I wanted to talk a, a little bit about that before the break because I downloaded all of the, um, you have some MP3s that's on your site yes, that take that's. us on these journeys to help us access this realm. And you actually did some research on this through, uh, did you use like binaural beats or yes. drumming? Yes. Um, I mean, you, yes. you know, you really did some research on what would, would work the best to help us access yes. this. So, and, and for people who are listening and they're just about to go, either have the book and, and ask why the sounds, you know, how often do we have books that come with sounds? <laughs> uh, I hired right. an incredible um, sound engineer and I told him exactly what I needed for this. Um, the, the temple journeys and the experience can happen without the sound. Um, but when the sounds come in, they, it's faster, quicker, and, and more enhanced. Um, in the same way as um, you would go to also um, what is called a sensory deprivation tank. Um, I go there once a week. Um, many cities have um, what are called float pods. 
where you go. Yes, I've done that. Have you tried that? I did a float. Yeah, it was in kind of an egg-shaped thing. It is. It is amazing. (laughs) It's a trip. So so basically, whether you are um, in a float uh, pod and you are doing the journey, whether you are doing acupuncture, whether you're using uh, the vibrational sounds um, that I've created, uh, or whether you are able to go without it. There a lot of people can't go without any, any, any of these. Um, these are just um, additional tools to help you let go of this reality. The more relaxed we are, the more we're, we're shutting down um, light and, and noise uh, from this reality, the more actually we're able to let go of our body and, and, and move. Um, and connect to what I call the super watcher self, which is a whole chapter in the book. Um, and, and once people are able to do that, they travel, um, they travel in extraordinary places and have connections. And, and this is the part that I say, and people are, people are going to find this interesting. Um, we can actually make new memories with the people we've lost um, and, and have conversations we didn't, couldn't have uh, before they left and have healing. And Diane, and I know I'm talking so much, but I have so much to say. I want to add one final thing before, <laughs> this before is great. we go on break. <laughs> I want to say that um, when, when we were getting all these, we did a lot of interviews already and a lot of tech technology was going wrong, sounds I couldn't hear. And I remember saying to myself, what's going on? So I went in the temple journey because I see thousands of people who are waiting uh, to connect with their loved ones. And I asked, I said, what, what, uh, why, why, why all this eagerness? And they said to me um, that this is not just for the people who are alive that they need it. It is for them also. It's healing for them as well to connect with those who are still alive, their beloved. Um, I thought I was writing this book for the people here, uh, but uh, I found out that the book is written not, not only for the people here, but the people who have gone. It is the bridge. It is the connection point to have these conversations and experiences. And someone said to me, Christina, make sure you tell people you're not speaking to the dead in the way the traditional world has captured that. We are connecting with the consciousness of the person you've lost. It is, it is not scary. It is a beautiful thing. And it's something we're supposed to do. It's our birthright. Well, I can't wait to try these exercises. I'm, I'm really excited. I just downloaded them today as yeah. I, as I was reading through the book, I'm like, I have to try this. And so we're going to go to break uh, very soon, but anybody can really benefit from these, even if they've never tried meditation before, right? Yes, yes. I had actually a journalist who was doing an interview with me. He said, you know, I actually done meditation for years. This is not meditation. This is, a, this is a, he, he went so fast. It was, yes. Wow, it's unbelievable. It. We're, we're yeah. going to come right back. I want to talk more about the exercises, what actually happens and the journeys that are possible for us talking with Christina Rasmussen about her book, Where Did You Go? And I hope you come back in just a few minutes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous donations of listeners like you. If you feel inspired by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make your offering today. 
Thank you for your support. Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Katherine Ponder, taken from a classic talk called The Prosperous Truth, recorded at Unity of Austin in 1991. I heard from a young lady who was just starting out as a Unity minister, and she said, I am not teaching prosperity yet in my ministry because I have not yet demonstrated it in my own life. And I don't think I should teach what I have not demonstrated. And I wrote her back and said, Honey, you've got it all backwards. You need to teach what you want to learn. You teach what you want to demonstrate. Because you cannot demonstrate what you do not know. There must be an inworking before there can be an outworking. To find out more about Unity Teachings, visit unity.org. Discover Unity Village, and you'll find a peaceful oasis just 15 miles from downtown Kansas City, Missouri. If you're doing business in the area or looking for the perfect place for your retreat or conference, check out all that Unity Village has to offer. With 1,200 wooded acres, a beautiful nature trail, award-winning rose garden, golf course, and newly redesigned hotel and conference center, Unity Village has everything you need for that perfect event. Go to unityvillage.org to find out more. If you've been on a spiritual path for a long time, what can you read that's new and exciting? Try Unity Magazine. It's designed for the seasoned spiritual student with in-depth articles and interviews about spiritual practices and philosophies. Our columnists share their own faith journeys and cover healing, science, and psychology with even a little scripture thrown in. You'll read some classic authors and some new ones. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. Do you dread going to work every day and just pray for Friday? Get a fresh perspective on your career with Mo Fall and bring your soul to work every Thursday at 11 a.m. Central, 12 p.m. Eastern, here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. A leadership mentor and career coach, Mo can help you go from underpaid, unsatisfied, and unappreciated to loving your life and career again. Join the show and let Mo guide you to make some real life changes. Tune in every Thursday here on UnityOnlineRadio.org. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Thanks for joining me after the break and coming back, having a great conversation here with my guest, Christina Rasmussen. And we've been talking about her new book, which is just amazing. It's called Where Did You Go? A Life-Changing Journey to Connect with Those We've Lost. And Christina has been sharing her journey and her experiences that she's been taking uh, a lot of people on in this new book to release the fear and anxiety that a lot of people have around death and dying and that experience and what our loved ones are actually experiencing and what Christina has been able to discover through her research that she shares in the book is that our, where our loved ones are is a beautiful, amazing place that we can benefit from ourselves today. And we can also learn to access that place and communicate with our loved ones. So it's, it's really um, an amazing experience reading the book. So Christina, we're talking a, a little bit, Um, on the break. And I wanted to ask you about some of these exercises. So 
we were, t- I think we were talking, did we get to the door yet? Going through the door? I don't think so. We were just, we were just um, referring to it, but we, we haven't gone through it um, yet. In <laughs> <so>. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll go, we'll go through the door. So there's, there's some exercises here. We were talking about um, the beats and the music that people can download from your website, which I do hope people go and check that out at ChristinaResmuson.com. Really free, yeah, yeah. And and it's free, which which is so so generous of you to give that to people. And just in your experience, though, when people are able to work with these exercises and make this connection to this amazing place that you called the temple world, that real healing takes place and they're able to release their fear and anxiety of, of death and, and what happens. And that you don't really need to know how to meditate to, to do this. You can kind of take some steps and try it out. Yeah. And, and the one thing that uh, we have been, you know, guiding people with um, some people start the journey um, and, and some people don't see a door, they see a very different opening. So I want to say to everyone who's listening to make sure that you are open to whatever your opening is, whether it's a door and uh, like, a, you know, just a circle or what people have different types of openings. And then the other thing that I would say is that some people are, close their eyes and instead of just thinking in and, and kind of um, sending their direction of their eyes into their chest they trying to look through their eyelids um so people are still trying to see as if we're seeing like this i always say to people when you look look within and sink into your body and let go and that's when everything happens um once people make that switch um the experiences are extraordinary and the very first exercise is so the so we are going to go with the brain for as long as we can, all the way until consciousness can take over. So it's kind of a passing the baton, I guess, Diane. <laughs> you know, like so we use our brain and our you know um, our, our our senses here, and then we're going to use the brain as our friend all the way to that opening. So when that opening opens and we are immersed into the new this new place. Some people see their loved ones immediately. Some people see an extraordinary place like um, like, like a, a waterfall, mountains. They see different things, and they know there's a presence there, but they can't see anyone. Other people see their loved ones, but they see them from afar. And it's almost like, depending on on the journey and, and how ready someone is, it's almost like the the so-called afterlife on the other side has uh, knowing as to how quickly to approach the person who's trying to come in there. And I always say, people say, you know, oh, have you had a visitation from your loved one? Have you had any signs? And I always say, what about us going to them? So this is, this is why the other side is so excited. <laughs> us going to them um, and us trying to communicate with them makes their journey easier as well. So once we're there, some people have had uh, hugs um, tears, um, you know, reconnection, rejoicing, um, everyone's journey, this is what I'm going to emphasize here, everyone's journey is completely different. Completely different. Just like and do some people, do they fight it? Do they question it and say, well, how do I know yes. if I'm not just imagining this because I want it so badly? 
great question. So we have people have, so let's say someone has an extraordinary experience, and I have a goosebumps, by the way. I, I feel this so much. Let's say someone has had an extraordinary experience. They, they saw their beloved. They, 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 they reconnected. They felt the joy, everything. They come back, and then the next day they will write to me and say, Christina, do you think I imagined this? And there's a segment in the book that talks about that and that your brain will fight it, will say, this is not real. But here's what we know, that what you experience there is even more real than this, than this reality. That actually, where we go is where the projection is from. <laughs> so we, the, the, this uh, image that you see around you, and, I, and if you could see me, I'm looking around me and moving my, my arms around, um, the image that you have, your desk, your computer, wherever you are, it is a projection from that deeper reality where we are connected, where we are whole, and where everyone is together. And it, it, is, it is what we know right now. The more... And that's just to kind of... And is that, is that just to kind of keep us sane, I guess? Like, we, we have to stay connected to our, our current reality, you know, to function. We have to always but come yet, back. Yeah, we... Yeah. yeah. We have but then we're, we're trying to do... Oh, go ahead. We have to always come back and what, what it is, why are we journeying there and, and, and receiving this joy and calm and peace and the reconnection is that it allows our life here to happen in, in a better way. Um, the very first thing is, can I see my loved one? Can I have that experience? Can I ask the questions? Can I see how they are, how they're doing? Once that takes place and we move further into the journey, actually the journey becomes more about, our, about ourselves and our, our own life here. And that was the, one of the things that we discovered was that we, people, another question I get a lot is, you know, is, isn't that gonna bring me back to grief? Isn't that gonna make my grief worse um, if I am revisiting that place? And actually, no, it's, it's gonna help you process, it's gonna help you heal, and then it's gonna allow you to move forward in, and create the life that you want from a very different perspective in a very different place. I'm so excited for people to try this. It's so fascinating. And to really read the book with an open mind and to let go of that uh, part of our brain that's attached to, you know, well, this, this is how it's going to be. This is, this is real. And, and think yeah. of some of these concepts and, and give it a chance because it, it's really fascinating. So I wanted to talk about, um, to the the higher self that you call the super watcher and you um mentioned it a, a little bit earlier and i think this is so interesting because i i question this too and see and see what you think if i'm if i'm right in my interpretation but i'm thinking of the the super watcher is like your it's that voice that sixth sense the intuition that we know is right that that we a lot of times don't listen to it is, it would, is would that be self. would that be the um, super watcher it, yeah, the super watcher is that higher self, that divine, that um, actually, and I'm not gonna, I'm not giving anything away by saying this, but um, ultimately, the super watcher becomes that. Um, I, I want to use the word God. Um, it is that mm -hmm. higher um, consciousness, you know, that 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 um, that feeling of knowing and 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 source. Um, the super watcher self resource is divinity, is wisdom, is the higher level of consciousness. So when we um, let go of this 
body and the ego and this identity, and we we tell our brain to glimpse the super water self, the higher self. When we step into that experience, then we are allowing ourselves to travel. And when I say the word travel, it's not like we're traveling anywhere. We have to tell the brain that we're traveling because we're already here. We just can't see this this type, this this part of the world. To travel in these other realms and and step outside of time, like you can see when there's. And we're going to talk about this. I know there's a mirror in in the in the journey. There's a mirror in the journey. Like, you know, to step into this place outside of time allows you not only to understand yourself better, to reconnect with someone you lost, but to see yourself in many timelines and many different, I want to say lives, but but this is even easier than that concept, many different um, versions of ourselves, because there's infinite versions of who we are. And we can make that choice of which version we want to experience. Oh yes, the observer. Is that right? This is my favorite thing. <laughs> it's my, I can write a whole book just on the observer effect. And and there's there's an exercise in the book um, after the super watcher that I call it I call the object exercise. And Diane, um, I knew I knew that I had to take the biggest risk with this book. Not only ask you to take the journey themselves, but to prove to the brain that that world is connected to this one. And there was only one way to do it, <laughs> and it was to um, help the reader and the participant um, uh, find an object inside their journey. Um, and trust me when I say this: the objects just show the object that is supposed to be for you shows up. There's a meaning behind it always. Why it's that object, and you you see it there, and then you come back to your life and you go about your business, and all of a sudden, Diane out of the blue, especially when your object is the weirdest, most unexpected thing in the world. It just shows up in your life. And when that happens, it is so mind-blowing for the individual that everything changes in their brain as well. The way they see the world, the way they feel, the way they think, everything changes completely. That's amazing. But you can't control that. Is that right? Like, say, no, for example, so I... I had a I had a ring that I had for years from when I was young that was my grandmother's and I lost it like maybe eight or nine years ago. And I've always been and I always think about it when I go to, you know, antique stores or flea markets or something and I see anything that looks similar. I always think I want that ring to come back to me somehow. But I can't control that because my logical brain says, well, you lost it on an airplane somewhere between Chicago and San Francisco, and it's gone forever. You're never <laughs> going to find it, you know. Uh, so in, in, in theory, say if I saw that ring in, in an exercise in that realm, would I be able to find it? Yes, and, um, and I actually tell people do not look for it. Because it, see, that's what I'm saying. Real, don't look for it. Okay. Yeah, don't look for it. It's not a, a real search. Um, that ring exists in more than one place, Diane. Did you know that? Isn't it amazing? <laughs> it is. So I might see it again. <laughs> oh, you will. Uh, there is no doubt in my mind. And, and you will. So when, when, we, when you will do this exercise specifically and you'll find a, a specific object inside your temple and then you come back and you say, okay, this is my object and it looks like this, 
you know, find a picture on Pinterest just to have a, an image of it, a clear image of it. And then just, just go um, in your life. And then one day a colleague could come and say, hey, look what I found on the floor. And literally <laughs> bring it right to you. Um, my story, um, the story that we had in the first study group, uh, the first class was the rubber, yellow rubber ducky. Um, by the way, the book, um, I don't know if you've seen Mary Poppins, uh, Diane, it is so connected. Not, not yet. Powerless. It is, Mary Poppins came out December 19th, and the book came out December 18th. And people started calling me, emailing me, and texting me, go and see Mary Poppins. Um, the, the object that I had found when I did the first study in my class was a yellow rubber ducky. And I remember coming back and sharing with the class, and I said, I don't know how I'm going to find a yellow rubber ducky. My kids are teenagers. We don't have, you know, bus toys anywhere. I don't have any friends with small kids. Like, I was like, whatever. Um, it is what it is. Three or four days later, I found it. Um, I turned on my computer, and it was right on top of a document, a yellow rubber ducky. And I told the class, and ever since that day, and the class was made by 50 people from all over the world. People would find rubber duckies everywhere they went, everywhere. So when you take this journey collectively, let's say with a, with a group of people, a book club, whatever it is, and you go into this journey with a group of people, actually you become stronger together. And your collective consciousness is able to, to do a lot more, even a lot more than you, what you can do by yourself. We had so many yellow rubber duckies that at the end of that class, I went and ordered 50 um, silver yellow rubber ducky necklaces for everyone to send across the world because it was such an incredible experience. Um, and I was watching uh, Mary, Robbins, uh, Mary Poppins, and in the middle of the movie, there's the most massive <laughs> yellow rubber ducky that is so big. And when you see Diane, you're going to smile. And this is one of the 20 different parallels that you know, Mary Poppins has. People would text and say, did you see the yellow rubber ducky? So basically, that world, the temple world, um, connects to this world. And when we do an, an exercise like an, the object exercise, we simplify it and we use it as proof to convince our brain that our beloved, our our you know observations there belong in this world as well and and here's the proof and it, it's incredible to see um there was a woman in the in the group uh, who said um i'm gonna i'm gonna test this out she said um she was in the temple journey she said i'm gonna see if i when i come back i see a bear she comes back from the journey she turns on the tv immediately a big bear right in front of her and I think she was so shocked <laughs> that, of course, she wrote about it immediately. It is, it is sometimes immediate. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. And it depends on your belief system as well. It all depends on that. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, I'm just blown away. I can't wait to try that exercise. And like you said, with other people working with you and also finding a group of like-minded people that are not going to just kind of, you know, scoff and say, oh, forget it, that there's no way that that's going to happen. That is really helpful. So, you know, again, I want to drive people to check out the Facebook page and you encourage people in the book to start their own groups, little reading groups so that you can do these exercises and support each other. Together. And that's probably really, really helpful. Yeah, we have actually we uh, and we're doing this just to help everyone. We have um, we have the main private group, 
and then we have regional groups. Right now, I think there's about 10. Um, Canada, I don't know, Ohio, like just different states where people can interact together and some of them can meet in person. Um, I believe this group, this book is an individual journey, but it's also a very fun group journey that people can take together. And like you said, Diane, and I say this in the book also, you have to find like-minded people who are not going to question you and doubt you and, and, and say that you're crazy going through this experience because once you experience it and you find your own proof and your own journey, I have to tell you, life changes. Um, people feel happier. They, they see death very differently. I mean, imagine, just imagine that we're always alive. That's what I said to myself the other day. Christina, we're always alive. <laughs> just in different it's, an incredi- it's an incredible idea. And it's something that I've always thought about too, that how could the energy and the spark that makes up you and, and me and my engineer there, Jeff, and, and everybody, when your your physical mortal carbon-based body dies, how can that just go away? That that piece of, of energy can't just go away. It just goes somewhere else, right? Yeah, and, and that's the law. It's a law. Um, energy cannot be destroyed. It's impossible. Like from physics, this is you can go online and buy books and Google this. Energy that's created cannot be destroyed. It just cannot. So, and if we're energy, cannot. Yes, cannot, we can never be go away. So death, it's not real. <laughs> it's not a real thing. And I don't care if people think I'm crazy. I don't care what people will say about me. This is this is what I believe. This is what I think. And I didn't think that always. I had to go through this journey to to understand this. And like I said, nobody's ever certain of anything, and nobody should ever be. Um, this is this is as certain as I can be of this, and I will I'm sure find out, certainly find out one day what happens exactly when we die. I do think it's a doorway into another uh, realm, um, one that uh, gives us a higher level of consciousness and a higher level of wisdom and knowing, and there is no time, and that's where everyone is. That concept, I think, is really mind-blowing. If you try to think of that there is no time, and I've always thought, oh, time's a human construct, right? Because what was there before anyone thought that there was time, right? You know, we're the ones that divided it up into minutes and hours and, and seconds and all of that. And then I read an amazing book, and you might have read it too, by Anita Morjani uh, called Dying to Be Me. And she describes what you explain in the book as well of time. When you're in that temple world realm, you're able to be anywhere at any time at all times at once. There is no delineation or, or construct of time and that's why and that, that's just amazing to me <laughs> i love that yeah it, it, and, and and anita's book is, is incredible and and she experienced this and she comes back and she tells us this is exactly how it is and and what if and i take it a step further what if we can actually experience that without dying like what if and here's how and and i know it's a big promise but but I'm courageous and bold and willing. If I'm going to write books, I'm willing to be impactful and, and to evolve our, our reality to what it's supposed to be. But by the way, every time we understand the universe and reality, reality changes because there is no reality other than a subjective reality because the observer changes what is, what is being observed. And that is that right. Is oh, right. I yeah. love that. <laughs> That is, that is so amazing. That that whole concept is so amazing. Um, And people can read about that too. What what is that theory actually called? The observer effect. 
the observer effect. So yes. looking at yeah, looking at something will actually yeah, yeah. change the outcome. The observer can influence the outcome of an experiment. What is out there depends very much with what is here. And an observer cannot observe without altering what he observes. And this is a direct quote from a book that I love. Because um, this, this conversation is not just about my book. <laughs> it is about really helping people. Um, there's a book called, that I love, called The Physics of God, I believe. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but that's, that's, I think that's the title, The Physics of God. Um, and he explains things also very, very well. My, my whole mission with this book is for people to start experiencing, discovering, learning, understanding, and wanting to go and find out more and take people with them. We are not here to suffer and continue suffering. We're not here to grieve forever. We're not here to, to be stuck in depressive modes. We're here to experience joy and, and love. And love and, and love is, is <laughs> transcends time and space. So, so, and everyone knows this. And I don't have, we don't have to prove this because it's already happened to everyone listening. When someone dies, does your love stop for them? It doesn't. It continues. Right. And it is just the same for them. They love you still. And I think they want us to know this. So we're always entangled with them and enmeshed yes. with, with those, there's with those there's, energies. And there's a theory called the entanglement theory as well. Like this is my whole book. Every step of the way, every chapter is based on something that has been discovered. So we are always entangled. And there's also the unbroken wholeness that people can read about, um, that, that there, we are non-local. So we feel that this is a local experience. But Diane, we are actually non-local. We're not just based in one place. We are everywhere. And that's the mirror. It's amazing. Factor. Yeah. Once you start reading this, like you start going down the rabbit hole, <laughs> and you're not going to want to come back. And and I was going to ask you if people that have, um, you know, done, uh, glimpsed some of, of this world, do they want to stay? So there's some people who um, I think they think they'll want to stay. Um, the best way I can describe people say, I can't wait to go back again tonight. Uh, a lot of people journey at that, uh, just before they go to bed. So they say, I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to have another experience. And sometimes, let's say people have had three or four extraordinary journeys, and then nothing happens. And actually, I love this. You know why? Because it proves to people that you can't force this. This is not something you can make happen. Uh, or people uh, have five unsuccessful tries in the beginning, nothing happens, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden, it happens. And that's another proof again, because they know how hard it is and that they couldn't make it happen before. So another question people ask me is, Am I, is my imagination creating this? If your imagination was creating this, you would be able to, to create anything that you want. I learned a, a hard lesson right in the beginning. My door in my journey was a crystal door. So when I first took the 50 people through this class the very first time, I told them to look for a crystal door, Diane. And they all came back. And they said this to me, Christina, is it okay if we ask you this? The door, everyone's doors, they were, it was not crystal. Everyone had their own opening and their own door. If this was a guided meditation, they would be seeing the crystal door, but nobody did. Everyone had their own opening, their own shape, their own colors, their own whatever it was, because this is an individual journey. Right, and everyone's experience will be different. 
So, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll see some, I'll see something else. It might not, it'll be some other kind of portal, maybe not a, maybe not even an actual door. It could be a circle. It could be, uh, uh, someone said, um, someone said in the group uh, that they didn't even know they went through the door. All of of a sudden they looked back and the door was behind them. Right. I think that's how Anita described it. Is that right? In her book, well, she, she described it as at the moment of, at the moment that she died, it was almost, it's almost like waking up that it was that instantaneous where from one second, then you open your eyes and then you're in another, another experience. So there wasn't even a door in her experience. No. And, and, and the door, the door symbolism here is for the brain to, to look for an opening. So it's not an actual door. It is, it is a label that we give the brain to, to allow, to look for the opening. So there is no opening. There is, there is um, a simplification of for the brain. The brain is actually stupid. I'm sorry to say it like this. <laughs> <The brain> needs- <laughs> right? Well, the brain simplicity. likes, yeah, it likes habit. It likes simplicity. Yeah. It likes to know yeah. what it's going to do. And it's- so we fall into those yeah. traps too. You know, it's it's been so cool you know. to to talk with you about this. Unfortunately, I've only got 30 seconds left in, in my reality here <laughs> in, this, you, in this time and space continuum. But I've loved talking with you and I hope people check out this book. It is really a cool journey. Where Did You Go? by Christina Rasmussen. Check her out online, ChristinaRasmussen.com and take this journey for yourself. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, your inner voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.